Welcome to the Fix Your Sciatica podcast, where we meet with experts and clients and discuss how to manage your sciatica and low back pain without the use of medications or surgery. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Mack, and I'm a physical therapist as well as the founder of iFixYourSciatica.com, a go-to resource for pain management. I believe that being strong is crucial to living a healthy and pain-free life. Now, one of the biggest challenges is that in some cases, trying to pursue strength training and weightlifting could have been the cause of your pain. And you're also maybe getting a lot of statements from the internet and even from your medical professionals saying that lifting weights isn't going to be the healthiest for you. It's going to be putting a lot of pressure on your joints and furthering your injury. And unfortunately, that can be no Uh, That can't be any further from the truth. And today I have a professional who knows a lot about the human body, but also his entire business is focusing on getting people strong and healthy. And today we have Tim Caputo of One Life Fitness and Nutrition, and we've known each other for years, but it's finally time for us to talk about one of the best things in the world, which is strength training. Tim, good morning. Thank you so much for being on today's podcast. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I wanted to focus specifically on strength training. I know that you've also started in the CrossFit world as well. So for the listeners who haven't quite heard of you or met you just yet, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your expertise, and kind of what led you to the point where you can be at a point where I've been able to say, Tim knows all about fitnessing, lifting, and everything like that. Yeah. So like a lot of other coaches and strength training professionals, I started out working out, exercising in high school for sports. You know, I wrestled, I boxed, I played football, played lacrosse, uh, wrestled in college for a year, boxed golden gloves for a couple of years. And when I started boxing specifically outside of uh, sport in uh, school, you know, I, I was just doing the bodybuilding thing and I, I knew that that wasn't going to help me, you know, in the ring or, or with sports. Right. Uh, and so I stumbled upon CrossFit and got started, um, you know, with the strength and conditioning there for, for my sport. And that was about 15 years ago. Um, and then about 10 years ago, I opened One Life Fitness and Nutrition in Glen Cove. Uh, we were a CrossFit gym. We're not currently affiliated and haven't been for a few years just because uh, we do a lot of things other than CrossFit. Um, And that's where we are today. What a beautiful story. I did not know. I think I met a Reddit in your bio somewhere about boxing golden gloves and everything. I experimented with uh, Thai kickboxing when I was in grad school and I thought I was a a pretty tough guy. And um, I remember doing a little sparring match and I got punched in the face once. And I said, I don't know if I want to box anymore. Um, So (laughs) Matt respect on that. Um, And so, but what a journey to be able to see the application of strength training into your sport and also into life, which led you to opening up uh, this business I think one of the challenges when it comes to strength training or lifting weights, there's a lot of, uh, I think there are a lot of misconceptions and it's often because there's so much information that is out there when it comes to lifting weights, resistance training, the benefits, the cons of, of the modality, but how would, how would you, how would one describe like what, what lifting 
lifting weights can include? Because I think that's, uh, I mean, for us, strength training is important to lift weights to add resistance, but I think there's a lot of misconceptions and not people aren't really quite sure what that is. So as a, as a person who does this for a living, tell us a little bit more about what your definition of lifting weights is. Yeah. So I, I think everyone hears lifting weights and they automatically think like super heavy and always lifting heavy and always going so hard. And, um, you know, the, the truth of the matter is heavy is relative for every person, whether they're a beginner, uh, heavy is going to be, you know, on the lighter side for an expert or for a male uh, weightlifter with tons of experience, you know, and I, I think people in general tend to overcomplicate a lot of things. And the, the basic principle of strength and conditioning is just progressive overload. And it's just a matter of doing a little bit more today than yesterday, a little bit more tomorrow than today, a little bit more next week than this week. And that could be repetitions. That could be weight that could be time under tension you know um all of those things fall into the umbrella of strength training and so when it comes to strength training and uh misconceptions a lot of people consider uh strength training um as a as a really dangerous activity um I'll, i can't tell you how many how many professionals i've spoken with and i've told them that i've had experience in CrossFit or experience in weightlifting or any sort of activity. And they're saying, wow, actually, you must be really busy um, in this in this spectrum. And at first, I kind of shook it off a little bit. But it, now, as I've gotten more seasoned, being 10 to 12 years in, in the industry, I share a very similar uh, opinion as you. We, got, it, it, we don't need to complicate things. And I think the moment that things become complicated – that's where misunderstanding occurs. That's where injury can occur as well, because there's too many factors uh, that come into play. And so if we're looking at, so one complication, too many, too many components to change, which can make it uh, seem scary um, from a professional standpoint, but also maybe see a little intimidating for someone who's just coming off of an injury. Um, let's talk about uh, the concept of, of high impact activity, high impact sports. Um, in my head, I have a, well, not high impact sports, but high impact lifting. Cause a lot of people consider weightlifting and strength training as kind of like a high impact activity. I just want to hear your thoughts out on like, what would you consider a high impact activity? And like, would that actually be even categorized in strength training itself? Yeah. You know, it's funny. You always hear this like high impact, high impact. And I'm like, I don't even really know what you mean by that. Um, like, life is way more high impact than, you know, weightlifting and in the gym and, you know, playing uh, football and lacrosse and soccer and hockey and running and, you know, hiking and things like that, uh, that a lot of, or even just like gardening um, is way more dangerous or I guess high impact than um, weightlifting, in my opinion. We are going to take a quick break to tell you about our awesome new program called the Sciatica Protocol. If you don't have the time to see a professional, but are tired of trying to figure out this recovery on your own, then the Sciatica Protocol is for you. 
Harness the power of a knowledgeable physical therapist through your phone. It takes no more than seven minutes per day and it is designed to help you recover as quickly as possible. It is simple to start and all you need to do is log into ifixyoursciatica.com forward slash the dash sciatica dash protocol and fill out the nine question quiz to begin. The link for the program is in today's show notes. I'll tell you what, I agree with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so when I, when I got this, uh, when I've been hearing this a lot, when it comes to, I mean, even talking about CrossFit or even just weight lift, lifting weights in general, not weightlifting because weightlifting itself is a sport on its own. Uh, listeners weightlifting, the sport of weightlifting is going to be the snatch and clean and jerk. That's the stuff where you see, uh, at the Olympics and they're wearing those singlets and they're lifting some pretty crazy weights. Um, there is another sport called powerlifting, which, I had another episode with Katie Feely, who's a, a powerlifter and strongman coach, and that includes the the squat, bench, and deadlift. Those are the competitive lifts. But when it comes to lifting weights, that means that we're looking at moving an object outside of our own general body space. And if we were to break down what impact is, I mean, if you look at it, impact is going to be a, an application of force with speed. So like if you were to clap your hands together, the impact itself would actually make the noise. And so if you look at uh, exercises and lift, such as a controlled squat with weight in your hands or your back, you're not really making any noise aside from you actually exhaling. Same thing with lifting something up from the floor. So when I often hear professionals say, you have to do low impact stuff, just like walking and you shouldn't be lifting weights. I, that, that makes me raise an eyebrow because that also tells me that they themselves aren't quite versed on what the nature of impact is. And interestingly enough, um, so I'm going to go back to Tim speaking a little bit more, but interestingly enough, impact is actually really good for us. Um, if done correctly, we have to be able to apply impact and distribute force in the proper way for our bones and our muscles to be able to grow and develop. And one of the big things, especially as we, uh, as we begin to age, if we don't apply pressure or impact to our bones, our bones will actually get weak. And so it's actually very important for us to be able to apply uh, movement, force, and speed, but in a very, very controlled way, which is why it's so important. And one of the many reasons as why it's so important for us to be able to lift weights and get stronger, which then brings to my next question, Tim, is in your opinion, with the people that you work with and what you've seen over the past 15 years, why is it so important for people to lift weights and be strong? Yeah. And I, I, I want to just go back to, you know, something that you mentioned about like the sport of weightlifting or Olympic weightlifting. And that's like the full snatch and the full clean and jerk. And yeah, like that is, it's an Olympic sport for, for two weightlifting movements and they're the hardest uh, movements there there are and you go through all these different ranges of motion and you need mobility flexibility and strength pretty much in your entire body and so for a lot of people those are not going to be maybe the best use of their time or the best use of use of their uh, lifting of weights um, potentially especially for beginners you know and and I, I like to say um, like there are no dangerous exercises. There are only dangerous exercises for certain people. And a lot of times uh, running is the best example. People that can't run, you should be able to. 
Now, you don't necessarily need to be able to run a marathon or five miles or something like that, but you should be able to run a lap around the track pain-free. And if you can't, that tells us and gives us a lot of information about maybe like a goal or, or what we need to build up to or where we need to start, you know? Um, and, and I oftentimes, just with what I do and personal training and strength training, I get more information from the movements and exercises that cause people pain than the ones that do not. Because the ones that cause people pain and discomfort and all those things, and, and I'm not talking about like a, like a squat snatch. I'm just talking about like a, a normal squat or a normal lunge or, you know, a shoulder press or something like that, a push-up. Um, that's what we need to be able to get them to do to be pain-free and actual uh, live a pain-free life and enjoy um, their, their life overall. And that's just my, my take on it and my experience. Sorry to go off on a little bit of a weightlifting tangent there. No, not, a, not an issue. It should bring up some very, very valid points. So, um, you know, in support of that Tim, listeners, um, if you're currently working with a professional now, evaluating and treating you for your pain, and you have a specific activity that actually causes you to do pain, and your clinician has not assessed how you are doing said activity, you have two choices. Let them know, please look at my X, Y, and Z activity, because this is the thing that's causing me pain, because that's the very important valid information that you should be getting, or find another person who will. Because the reality is the fact that you can do all these other pain-free activities, but unless they impact how you feel, then you might be just wasting your time. And so the reality is that, yeah, if it hurts to get up off the chair and get out of a chair, have them look at what it's like for you getting out of a chair or in essence, what that exercise is called a squat. It's important for us to be able to get information so we can help you. If you start a program and they're right away just giving you exercises and not even asking you how you feel, that is actually a huge red flag in regards to that person has their own agenda and is not listening to you and providing the best option for you. So definitely keep that in mind. Um, so let's talk about the benefits of, of lifting weights, right? And getting strong. Um, there's a, a lot of different podcasts, a lot of research out there that's coming out now talking about the benefits of, of being strong. So from what you've seen, Tim, tell us a little bit more about some of those big benefits of, of getting stronger and lifting weights outside of your body. Yeah. So strength training to me is protective, you know? A lot of people are going to, you know, we had somebody in the gym recently that was like, oh yeah, I lift weights. And we were like, okay, how heavy are the weights? And she's like, I have four pound uh, weights. And we're like, a gallon of milk weighs like 12 pounds. So, you know, like your grocery bag is going to weigh whatever it weighs, you got to carry it. And so a lot of times people aren't training their bodies to be able to do the things that their actual life and lifestyle demands. And that's where the injury risk happens a lot of times outside of the gym. And then they come into the gym potentially and they have some sort of like maybe a, you know, a lot of times they're gardening, gardening uh, on a Sunday or we're in New York, we might get some snow, they're shoveling all day Sunday and they come into the gym and they feel something happen in their back. 
And it's, just, it's not really from the gym. It's from what they were doing outside of the gym. And so the training in the gym and, and strength training in general is to allow us the opportunity to do the things outside of the gym, to be strong and to be able to lift our groceries and our kids and uh, do the gardening and things like that. So to me, it's protective. Yeah, 100%. It allows you to be able to meet the demands of of your life outside of the gym itself. And a way I like to think about it is when you go to the gym or you work with a trainer, or even if you're doing, say, a specific exercise or stretching routine on your own, you're doing all these uh, life activities in isolation. You're doing it in a relatively low stress environment because there's no other factors influencing you. That's not the, the environment that's impacting your attention. And so when you are in a session with Tim or at the gym or anyone, you should actually be having this as an opportunity to focus a hundred percent on the activity that you're doing. And that's, I think what a lot of people uh, misunderstand is like they use exercise as a way to uh, escape the the real world, which I use that too. It's a great way to relieve my own stress, but that does not give you permission to turn your brain off and just do something without even thinking about it. In fact, it gives you the opportunity to really think about that activity even more. And so to protect you because it gives you the opportunity to uh, one, do things right, or make those corrections in the fact in the effect that you are doing something uh, incorrectly and need to make those adjustments. Um, let's talk about um, so that's that's a protective from like an orthopedic standpoint. What are some other benefits uh, like of of strengthening of lifting weights to getting stronger? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, for for pain specifically, or just for uh, just like in general? Yeah, well, I mean, of course, there's the the mental and emotional psychological benefit to it you know it improves confidence and especially with women that they they either never lifted weights before and they're like man i feel strong and like my confidence has never been this high and, and that that you know translates to everything in their lives and they just they feel amazing um other benefits are with strength training specifically is improving imbalances in your body, you know, side to side, right? So if you have one leg that's stronger than the other, a lot of, which a lot of people do like a tremendous strength imbalance or, or an arm that's stronger than the other, a lot of times that can be a cause of, of your pain and your issue because one's working too hard or one's, you know, trying to keep up with big brother, so to speak. And so that goes back to kind of the protective uh, aspect, but also the strengthening of weak muscles and weak structures and joints and tendons and, and ligaments. A hundred percent. I think the, the aspects of, uh, you know, let's we'll talk about confidence in general. Um, folks, when you're listeners, when you're, when you're in pain, the, the first thing that you want to do is get out of pain. But if you're experiencing this discomfort, this pain, these symptoms, and it's affecting everything that you do, you're going to be developing a fear. And in the, the clinical world, we call it a fear avoidance. It makes it so that everything that you try to do is really scary. And so even just the anticipation 
of that pain coming on is actually going to make the pain even more sensitive. And it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy that you are going to be experiencing that pain. But as you get stronger, just like Tim said, improving your confidence is going to allow you to do two things. One, it's going to build up your strength. It's going to allow your muscles and joints to operate effectively, but it's going to put you one step closer to living pain-free and not being afraid of doing activities. And that's a, a big thing because when we are lifting weights and exercising and doing these conscious movement practices, we have the opportunity to, again, focus on things in isolation, being able to do these things with minimal to no pain, allowing you to understand that you can move and get strong without putting any more extraneous stress on your body and minimizing the cause of pain. And then uh, to Tim's point about um, imbalances. Um, and the thing is, is that the, we, we, have two sides of their body, our left and right side. And there's going to be some areas where we're going to be a little bit more dominant. But when you have the asymmetry that is so drastic, it can actually result in what we call overcompensations, where Big Brother, as Tim said, is going to do too much work. And it could be the fact that the area that is being affected is the stronger side and it's getting hurt because it's doing way too much or it's not doing enough. And you don't know that until you actually look at how you feel and how you move. And that's going to be really crucial. And so, Tim, I'm so glad and I'm so thankful that you brought that up because I think a lot of people can either be hyper fixated on asymmetries um, or, or, or completely negate or completely dismiss asymmetries. And it's important for us as professionals to be able to look at the two. And so, you know, we talked about the benefits of strength training um, and we'll go in a little bit more into examples of what that's like, but for folks, um, but for folks, the listeners right now, they're probably dealing with pain, sciatica pain. Um, and they're like, okay, well, I, well, one listeners, I want to let you know that if you've been in pain for about 12 weeks, whatever structures and tissues that, uh, need healing, um, are actually mostly healed. And so this is kind of at a point in time when we're in the chronic stage of pain where, it might be actually a great idea for us to start moving, exploring how exploring your limits, but also exploring how can you get stronger with what you have. And so for someone dealing with pain and they're like, okay, I think I might be in a safe position to start building up my strength, Tim. What are some, what are the safest ways for them to get back into a strength training routine? Hire a coach, <laughs> you know, especially someone who is inexperienced or has been in pain recently, you know, I'm, I mean, look, this is what I do, but I'm a firm believer that, you know, you hire an accountant to deal with your taxes. Uh, you hire a financial planner to deal with your finances and you should hire a coach or a personal trainer to help you with your workout program because, you know, finding something on the internet or just doing what you've done in the past got you to where you are and you need to do it better and you need to do it safer. And it's extremely valuable and important to work with someone who has done what you want to do, has seen what you've been through. And again, follows, you know, the general principles of progressive overload to keep you safe and keep you progressing and keep you pain-free moving forward. You know, so like the main thing is hire a personal trainer, hire a coach, um, especially if you're someone that's coming back from an injury or 
you know, has been experiencing pain over and over and over. I can't agree with you more, right? I'm a hundred percent agreement with that. Um, <laughs> and so I think it's important because the fact that as Tim said, everything that you've done has gotten you to this specific point. And it actually is very good to have a third party to look at you from the outside. Um, now, what that means is it is important to be able to work with someone who's knowledgeable of the human body. And the reality is that there's so much information that is out there right now. As of this episode, we have about 63 podcast episodes talking about all these different things. And we live in a world where there's so much information. And I think that's fantastic because it gives people the power and the tools to take care of themselves. But there are going to be large scenarios where you actually need help from someone else because they're going to be able to help distill the information. As we said earlier in this episode, it's really easy to complicate things. And a lot of times complication can make things very challenging when it comes to taking any sort of action. And so being able to hire a coach, hire a professional, um, and also communicating with them. Again, they should have that information or gather information from you so they can make the best uh, decisions uh, with you, not just for you. Um, and Tim, there's so many, there's so many professionals that are out there. And so for someone wants to get back into say strength training and they, and, and they're like, okay, I think I should hire a coach. What are some, some qualities or things that they should be looking for so that this, the, the our listeners can, uh, feel comfortable or confident that this person is going to help them. But also number two, feel comfortable and confident that the, the, the person they're working with is going to protect them and, and help them get stronger in a way that's not going to irritate their injuries or pain. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a really great question and, uh, it's not the easiest one to answer, but, um, of course, if they're listening to this podcast, they could hit you or I up and we could set them up with, uh, a professional that we know, you know, either in their area, state, or country. Um, but you can, you know, go on Google, find some gyms in your area, look at the website, read some bios, maybe look at the Google reviews. Um, and then just which, which gym gives you the best feeling, right? And then maybe you take a look at them, you try out somebody else. And if you get a good vibe, I would give it a try. You know, um, experience, if, if they've been open for a very, very long time, again, my gym's been open 10 years. If you find a gym that's been open for, you know, five, 10 long, 10 years longer, that's typically going to be a great, um, place to, to start. You know, if, uh, if I was in the business of hurting people and not getting results, I wouldn't be open. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that, that's just a couple of, uh, considerations for the listeners to, to help them maybe find somebody. I love that. I think, um, so you look at it as, as both feeling and experience. And this also kind of ties into the fact that when you reach out to these folks, it is actually important for them to actually ask you questions and learn a little bit more about you. This is actually the perfect time for you to say, let me talk about myself and let me tell you about my needs. So then that way, that person, that coach can actually understand Am I going to be a good fit for you or not? And the, the the reality is like there are going to be some folks who are going to say, I can't help you. There are going to be some other folks who are going to say, I can absolutely help you. But wait, they don't know. Um, they won't know unless they get the information. And that is 
And this type of advice is not just limited to finding a personal trainer or a coach. This is also important when you're working with a provider. Yes, you're going to you're going to a healthcare provider to get answers. However, it is important for them to ask you more questions because if you wake up in pain one day and you go to the doctor and you're like, I woke up in pain and they don't ask you any questions in regards to what led up to this, what makes you feel better, what makes you feel worse, they won't have sufficient information to actually help you recover and get back into it. So that it's that it's a, it's the feeling that you, the, and the relationship that you build, but also the experience. And what you're going to notice is that we don't need to necessarily complicate things for the sake of complicating things. Complications doesn't necessarily mean high value, high results, because as we said, progressive overload, changing one variable at a time with the main goal of making you feel better, stronger, pain-free, we're going to be consistently reevaluating how you're doing in relation to when you first started. And if we try to change too many variables, which means that if we're overcomplicating things, we don't necessarily have the information that we need to actually make it so that we're truly achieving that goal. And so, um, so we have hiring coach. That's like the, the biggest action step for, for, um, and yeah, huge, huge fan of that. Um, let's talk about, um, Let's talk about this concept of, all right, there are going to be some folks who want to really kind of do it on their own, um, which, you know what, I'm a person who likes to do it on my own first. And then if I fail, I then move on, right? It's kind of like human nature is like we try to do as much as possible. So if someone were to be starting and kind of do it on their own, what are three considerations that they should be uh, thinking about or three action steps aside from hiring a coach? What are three things that or action steps that they can consider when trying to start uh a strength training program, progressive overload program. So now are we, are we talking about doing it on their own, but they're following a, a templated program or are they just thinking about it on their own and kind of going in the gym and I feel like I'm going to bench today. I feel like I want to deadlift today. That, that type of uh, thing. Yeah. Great question. So um, listeners, um, I, and, and Tim's probably going to share this advice too, but I highly encourage you, if you plan on doing something on your own, um, don't just try to grab a bunch of random exercises and put them together. If you want to try to do something on your own, that's totally awesome. You absolutely do that, but it's important that you actually follow a program. And so that's a big thing. So you have some sort of structure, but yeah, so we'll, we're going to do that specifically, Tim. It's like someone who's kind of following. They're like, okay, I feel good. I, I, I just purchased um, a, a program and I kind of want to do it on my own. I kind of want to test the waters out first. What are the things that they need to, should consider when they're doing a program, but they're doing a DIY? Absolutely. So the, the most important thing is if something starts to bother you, and it gets worse as you're doing it, you stop. Now that's if you're if you if you do five reps and then you go six, seven, eight, oh man, my back pain is getting worse, you stop. You can then try to reduce the weight if it is a weighted exercise and see if you still have that same sensation. If you do, you may have to reduce it even further, the the weight, the load. Uh, or do it unweighted first. And if it's unweighted, that means that it's a movement issue. So if you do, a, uh, the best example is a deadlift, right? 
a lot of times people are like, man, I have back pain when I deadlift. And I'm like, okay, uh, how, like when, how much are you deadlifting? And they're like, well, you know, when I get to 225, I'm like, okay, do you have pain when you do 135? No. Okay. So it's not a movement issue. It's a weight and load issue. Right. And so now you need to build up to that. So you start slow. And again, you keep hearing me say it progressively overload, progressively increase. Uh, so you're going to start slow. You're going to increase weight, let's say week by week or session by session and not try to go too fast too soon because that's how you get injured. You get injured trying to go hundred miles an hour uh, too soon or by ignoring you know, the, the signs that your body gives you, Ooh, that didn't feel that good, but I'm going to keep going. And now it's getting worse and I'm going to keep going. You have to listen to your body. Um, so listen to your body, start slow. And if you do feel pain, change the movement or reduce the load or, uh, stop doing that exercise. Beautiful action steps. I think it's huge. Um, you brought this concept of like movement issues. And um, one of the big things is uh, I think strength, as you said, is protective. I like to think about if you're, you're the human body, your body right now is a car. And the reality is that your car is truly designed to every now and then you might have to hit a curb in the event that you're trying to swerve out of the way to make sure that you don't hit the car in front of you, or you're trying to like move something. And every now and then it's okay for your wheel to hit the curb. However, you hit the curb over and over and over again, you're going to end up with a slow leak or end up with a damaged rim. And if you don't change that damaged rim, um, your car is going to be experiencing a whole bunch of other issues. Now, what strength training does, strength training is actually going to help you turn that car into more of like a tank. And that tank, yes, if you're a tank, you can drive into the curb a little bit more and you can tolerate it, right? But if you drive over that curve and you go past whatever barrier, you're going to be running to some other issues. And so not only are we looking at making sure that you are in fact driving a tank so you are structurally sound, but it's also important for you to keep in mind that your driving habits, you should not always be driving into the curb all the time. You should be mostly driving in the middle of that car lane. And in the event that you do need to swerve out of the way or hit that curb, you have the opportunity to make those corrections, but not all the time. And then that way, it gives you the opportunity to get a little bit more of that freedom. You can go about your day. And so um, also to Tim's point about like progressing slowly, I often recommend um, when I'm working with my patients uh, and my clients um, and also um, my job as uh, as this sciatica specialist is to get you out of pain so that you can work with people like Tim. So I can for sure give you a progressive way to get stronger, but there's a point in time where I encourage you to work with coaches and trainers like Tim, because that's what they're built to do. That's their knowledge. I am there to say, you are good, ready to go. Time for the point where you don't need me anymore. And that is what I want to do. I want to get you to the point where you can fire me so you can move on to the next big thing, which is going to be someone like Tim. Um, Tim, this has been, been so great. I think uh, it's really impactful what you do. And it, I'm really thankful for you spending the time out of your day to discuss the importance of strength training and how protective and beneficial it is for people, for just for normal everyday people, but then also for people who are dealing with pain. And 
So with that being the case, um, there's probably a lot of people who are listening and they're like, yeah, Tim, Tim definitely knows his stuff. I think I'm ready to start working with someone like Tim. Um, what's the, what's the best way to get in touch with you, find out a little bit more about how you can help them? Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm really easy to get in touch with. So they can email me at Tim at onelifestrong.com. One is spelled out O N E. Uh, or I'm on Instagram at onelife.fit. Um, shoot me a message, shoot me an email, ask me a question, whatever it is. And, uh, I'll definitely get back to you. And if I can help, I'll give you some advice. If I can't, I'll try and point you in the direction of someone that can. And to piggyback off of that. Yeah. Another key sign that you're working with a really great professional is if they are, if they can't help you, they will help you find someone who can. And that's a, that's a big thing. And for listeners out there, if you didn't quite get Tim's uh, contact information, I'm actually going to put, put in all of his information down in the show notes. Tim, thank you so much for being on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider.